Hey, and welcome to So Many Sequels. I'm David. I'm Andrew. There you go. And I'm Nikki. And uh, we are uh, scrapping it together this week. Uh, Josh and Garrett are both uh, quite sick. We'll let them tell that story uh, if they want to uh, next time they're able to record. But we have scrounged together a team this week for Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth film in the, uh, technically the fourth film in the Thor franchise. And uh, yeah, so um, we'll get into it a bit here in a second. But Andrew, welcome back. I think it's been that we, I think we were together for Jurassic World Dominion, but uh, we, you and I, uh, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. I've been on vacation. Uh, and then we took a week off there uh, last week. So it's been a, it's been a while. Welcome back. Uh, thank you. It's good to be back. And it's good to see you all. And then, of course, for anybody who's watching that's maybe not familiar, Nikki is my wife, and uh, I often cite her when doing uh, my my portion of the reviews. You may have seen her in some of our other shows this year, and uh, I just kind of needed to find, uh, I wanted to find one other voice that we could talk to for this report, uh, for this particular show. Uh, so good to have you guys. Cheerio. Good to be here. Um, let's, uh, so this week we are talking about Thor, Love, and Thunder, uh, the newest film in the MCU. I don't have the number off the top of my head as to how many movies this makes in this collective shared universe, but uh, it is the fourth solo Thor film. Uh, and I believe we, we worked this out the other night. I believe it's uh, Chris Hemsworth, a either ninth, I think it's his ninth appearance in the MCU total. When you include his, his uh, cameo in the first Dr. Strange movie. Like overall of that, it's it's like it's nine films for him. Um, so I'm really interested to see what you guys thought. We're uh, back with Taika Waititi uh, and some of the characters he introduced have come back. Natalie Portman returns uh, this time under uh, in a very new role for her. Same character, but uh, new role. And um, then we also have some of the uh, more. Uh, familiar characters that you may know as well. Uh, I want to hear first from Andrew. What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? I thought it was funny, but I thought it was, I don't know. It was just like, there was just something missing, you know? Like, I didn't really, I thought it was good for what it was. I didn't think it was great. Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok was like, I think was like a different take for Thor it really needed it because the first two Thors were like the more serious of the MCU. And this was like when Thor Ragnarok came out, it was like a different take of the MCU. It's like we have humor here. It is mm -hmm. this Thor love and thunder played way too much into that. Played way too much into that. And mm -hmm. There was some serious story elements, but I thought some of the jokes, which were funny. I mean, the movie is funny. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. um, plays, it, it goes on for way too long. It goes on. For I, uh, it's just me. Uh, to follow up, I, I, um, I agree that I think it was, I was, I was wildly entertained. Like I did enjoy myself. I laughed. Uh, I found the moments where they wanted it to be um, sort of uh, emotional or, sent or, or, or sentimental or 
or uh, dramatic. All of th those moments did work, but you're right. Um, I, I saw a TikToker say this, that, you know, uh, Taika Waititi's part of his, you know, um, his, you know, sort of signature storytelling style is this kind of concept of sort of uh, ironic detachment from the emotional weight. So like, it, and sometimes it works really well. And then sometimes, you know, it can, it can not sit right, especially when you're used to, I think the way that, uh, I think, especially when you're used to superhero blockbuster fare being very, uh, th to this point, like super serious or no, not super serious, but at least serious enough that like moments have like weight. And I feel like sometimes with this movie, there wasn't enough time to settle on things. It felt like it was a very jumpy, like or moving from place to place. Um, and, uh, I talked to Nikki about it yesterday when we saw it was, um, for me, Ragnarok still feels like a movie that had Taika's influence, but also still had a lot of structure to it. And this felt like, this felt like it had a little bit less structure. It felt a little bit more sort of, uh, loose and not, unfortunately not loose enough for Taika's style to work because like there was still the. I think there was still the semblance of a superhero genre film, right? And I think if Taika left to his own devices, I think the whole thing, he would take he would take Thor, he'd make the whole thing like a mockumentary type thing, I think if he if he had his wish. Um similar to some he you know, he did these team Thor shorts where they they do that. I think he'd do the whole movie that way. It it'd be a lot, if he was allowed to do whatever he absolutely wanted. And I think the movie probably would be really fun that way um but it wouldn't fit into what we kind of know as a superhero movie that said i thought that natalie portman felt freer and more loose in this movie she was she was very enjoyable i thought that chris hemsworth the whole movie like i feel like it's all based around this new persona that chris has been allowed to take on for thor where he's more he's more funny he's more charming he's a little bit like he ha still has that like sense of you know false bravado and uh it, it just kind of you know i think that chris has found a fun place for this character uh i thought that christian bale was visually captivating and then uh you know as a performance you know you're always going to get a solid performance out of christian bale you could put him in nothing you could put him in you could put him in you could give him no makeup or visual effects and he would he would dominate the scene but uh to have this character who's just like completely solid black and white and he has this uh very like skinny gaunt uh look about him he's just very interesting every time christian bale's on screen it's really really interesting um yeah but like i said the, like he said the jokes they are good jokes so it's funny but uh, sometimes for me, the structure felt a little too loose. I'm still going to give it a very high rating at the end of the day because I, I had a good time. But Nikki, what did you think? I think this voice that Taika Waititi has found for Thor is is the best voice that that he's been given. Um, I uh, For me, the best Thor story, and David and I talked about this on the way home yesterday uh, after we watched it. For me, the best Thor story is his arc in Infinity War and Endgame. That is the strongest that he's ever been. Um, I think the, I think Thor is his best when he has purpose. 
Um, and in Ragnarok, he had a good purpose. Um, in Infinity War and Endgame, he has a good purpose. He eventually found a good purpose in Love and Thunder. Um, and like David, I'm going to give this a pretty pretty high rating, but I do have some criticisms. Um, he eventually did find purpose, but the wandering aimlessly didn't work for me. Um, in the beginning where he's just kind of floating and it makes sense that he would he would need to be floating because he has nothing he has nothing after endgame um so it kind of makes sense that he would be this nomad but i felt like they just went to uh, saying it had no structure is a really good way to put it I, I think the beginning did just kind of wander too aimlessly um the, and David and I talked about this a lot. I'm I'm going to rephrase something that I said to David last night that I think will hopefully gain me some more favor because he pretty radically disagreed with this thing that I said yesterday. But um, the biggest problem that has existed in all four Thor movies, the big problem that they have had is that he is not the most interesting character in his franchise. Um, and, and Taika Waititi addressed that when he took up the realm Ragnarok he said hey hot take Thor should be the star of his own franchise and he's not and I don't think we can disagree with that you know he he wasn't and and so I think when he took over this kind of comedy himbo you know guy who just kind of nomads around and finds a place for him to be um I think that was a great choice and it certainly is the most interesting um, that he's ever been unfortunately even in this movie there are moments where he is not the most interesting character on screen um the the seven minutes that zeus is in this movie dominates zeus steals that that entire moment like i like thor basically didn't need to be there for me <laughs> I mean, he just like Russell Crowe as Zeus was incredible. That was those were those were a fantastic seven minutes. Well done, Russell Crowe. Gore wiped the floor with Thor. Those are a lot of or sounds. I apologize. But Gore is easily the best villain that the Thor franchise has had. Like, like it's it's incomparable. David kind of thinks that Hela is a little better. Um I, I don't I think know if that's Hela, better, but I just uh, I don't I don't diminish her as much as you do. Okay, you guys don't you guys don't know this, but we like the movies that you guys will review in the podcast. We will talk about them on the way home, and like the things that he says to me versus the things he says on the podcast rarely match up, and I get oh, so angry. And this is one of those times because, you are my sounding board. Because last night. I said, Gore is infinitely a better. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. Hell is pretty great. Burr, burr, burr. And now you're well, like. Well, because you said she's infinitely better. And that's such a, that's like infinitely better. Is like, she's a, she, how, that means she's a nothing basically in comparison. I don't think she's a no, nothing. It doesn't mean she's nothing. Anyway. But she's very, she's one dimensional and she is chaos for the sake of chaos, which can be a great villain, can be a great villain. Um, the Joker in um, The Dark Knight is chaos for the sake of chaos, and he's fantastic. No, right? I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It does. You're right. It does. Know, but it doesn't matter who's. It doesn't matter who's doing it. Somebody's bringing up the Dark Knight and wanting to answer. It's such a. It's such a. It's 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 low fruit on the tree. I apologize. I I apologize. That that was too easy of a reference. But I'm not wrong. Chaos for the case of chaos can be a great villain. Um, mm-hmm. Gore had a purpose. Gore had structure. Gore had a reason for why he was the way that he is. And I really hate when people play this card, so I apologize in advance. But as a parent, and I even told David this as we were leaving, as a parent, you cannot make me watch a person lose their child on screen and then find out their entire faith basis is meaningless and doesn't exist. You cannot expect me to watch that moment and not sympathize with them. You can't. I'm like, I'm going to, sorry. And I did. It doesn't make his actions right. Um, but it it does it does change that. Um, so I, Gore is the most interesting character in this movie, and he wipes the floor mm-hmm. with Thor. Mm-hmm. Sorry, he does. Um, I did not walk away from this. I, I loved Jane's story. It is definitely the most interesting that Jane has ever been. Um and and I, uh, David and I talked about this yesterday. I don't really blame her for wanting to sit out after Thor: The Dark World, then seeing what they did in Ragnarok and go, "Oh, maybe I want in on this." I don't blame her at all for 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 that being the path. But um, I as as great as the Mighty Thor was, and as interesting as that whole story is, I, I didn't walk away as in love with the mighty thor as i wanted to be um david knows this i am a sucker for a good girl boss you want to you want to get a nikki you give her a good girl boss i i am all about captain marvel i am all about wanda i am all about i i like black widow she's not she, i have issues but she's 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 great um i love me a good girl boss so i was fully expecting to totally be all about the mighty thor and i'm not as in love with her as i wanted to be um, so I just I kind of mirror what everybody else says. The humor is is nice. I, I think the reason that people have issue with the humor is because it doesn't look like a superhero movie. Um, that's not you know, this is not your typical superhero movie and that's not what it looks like. Um, and a lot of it did work for me. Um, did it go too far? Yes, I, I agree. Uh, and, and my my last big criticism that I uh, want to say, and I and I told David this last night, and he agrees with me. He agrees with me, but at the same time, no, he doesn't. Um, if you watch this movie and still don't think that Taika Waititi's ego is entirely too large, nothing is going to convince you. Um, there was entirely too much Korg in this movie. Entirely too much. Um, I didn't need him as the narrator. I didn't need him in every single moment that he was in uh i just i just i didn't i didn't need that much korg so yeah i think i think less would have i think less less korg would have been better for me I also, there are also a lot of moments in this movie that are really unearned um for it's it's weird for thor to say he's never belonged anywhere when he's had the lady sif and the warriors three he's had the avengers He's had the Revengers and now he's got, you know, the group that he kind of makes in this where he's, he keeps finding these families and then losing them, which they 
you know, took away his purpose again. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting tired of them taking away Thor's purpose. Like I just, I, I kind of really know. Okay. I don't really, I don't really know what that means. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like the story of this movie is, is, is Thor finding purpose again. Um, like, and they take that, away, and this isn't the purpose of finding love. He finds right. love in this again. He gets that reconnection, and then they kill her. They take, they take it away. I just like that. Yeah, but he finds it in a new way. We won't get into spoilers more later, uh, or maybe we won't at all. Um, and we'll keep it, we'll keep it uh, vague on spoilers. But <clears throat> I, I want to say, in, in refutation to your thing about interesting, um, other characters are supposed to be interesting. This is a debate we have often um, about. Uh, specifically Thor, but like Thor doesn't need to be the most interesting character in every scene of the movie. Other characters should have their scenes to that they get to dominate and Thor should have his scenes where he gets to dominate. That's how that's that's just good writing, I think, because if if only one character for the whole movie is the most interesting character, then all the other characters are superfluous. It doesn't matter if they're there at all. I didn't so say that. Those other, those other characters need to be interesting and they need to have their 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 moment. Um, but I'll say this, like, as interesting as Goose was, the second that, uh, spoiler alert, the second that Thor and, you know, Jane and all them started, you know, uh, rebelling, that's when it, that's when they were like, okay, we're taking the scene back now. Like, that's where that's like, they all of a sudden became, uh, more interesting again, if that's how you want to look at it. Um, but there's a so, well, Andrew, I want to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, oh, there's a difference. There's a difference between letting characters be interesting and them completely running the show. And that was the problem with the first Thor, no, the first two not. Thor movies. Yes, there is because look, because even Taika Waititi said Thor's not the star of his own franchise and he wasn't. And so that was no, a thing. And that, that has more to do. That has more, that has more, that has, that has honestly more to do with marketing and has more to do with fan reaction than it does how those films are structured. You can't help the fact that Thor is the main character of the first Thor movie, but all of these people decided they just loved Loki. Um, that's just that's just fan reaction. And then in Thor: The Dark World, them giving into that fan reaction. Um, you know, I think that there, you know, you have to have for the film to work, you have to have the character who's the main character needs to be quiet sometimes so that the other characters can, you know, can speak and do their thing, and then that character can respond. Um, Andrew, yeah, what, do you, what, 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 Andrew, what do you think? Do you, do you like this, this direction for Thor that we've been on? Uh, okay. So I think in the beginning it was fine. You know, it, it was, it was good. Like, it was just like, oh, okay. Um, but now I'm thinking like, there needs to be something deeper to Thor. There needs to be something like a deeper connection for Thor because right now I know like his, his girlfriend comes back, his girlfriend comes back and she's kind of a main plot point of this, but this movie doesn't really focus on that. Not really. I don't think it does because like, no, it doesn't give enough time to it. No. Yeah. And it, it also doesn't give enough time for gore either. Like I wanted to know more about gore because mm -hmm. I thought, I thought he could be an interesting character and a lot of props to a lot of props to Christian Bale, like because Christian Bale did this at the request of his kids. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did, he did this at the request of his kids. And, I love Christian Bale, and because he, he didn't he didn't want to be because like after the Dark Knight, he said I don't want to be in any more comic book franchise movies. 
but he did this because his kids wanted to. Um, but the thing is, is that like he does a great job. Like he's very mesmerizing, and his his whole his whole demeanor throughout from the time you see him to up and up until later on in the film, uh, he does great. But I would like to know a little bit more about him. Um, and we just don't get that. Yeah. Like I, this movie was just very all over the place. And I think it was focused way too much on yeah. the humor. Um, I also think this is something that I've been thinking ever since I saw it. It's the exact same movie as Thor Ragnarok. It's like Thor Ragnarok 2. Yeah. Her? Yeah. David and I had a conversation about that last night. This idea of like. Statement. Well, well, we had the conversation last night after we saw it about this idea of like a, a, a film finding a voice, finding a voice that works and then just running it into the ground in the sequel. Um, we talked about, uh, in in my opinion, and, and he kind of agreed yeah. with me, Deadpool versus Deadpool 2 is is an example of that where it worked great in the first one and then they just took it and ran it into the ground in the sequel i don't know that this is as bad as that one um but i don't i don't disagree with you andrew i, I well, think i think you make a valid point Thank you. i uh well i mean it is thor ragnarok too because it's the same director and uh okay. it's obviously a sequel to to that movie but anyway uh no yeah we did talk about doubling down on a style and sometimes doubling down on a particular style works and sometimes it doesn't i think uh andrew you might agree with me on this um and i mentioned this one to nikki last night john wick the john wick series right yeah. that first john wick came out right everybody's like wow that's pretty cool then in the sequel they just double down on all of it the the fight choreography gets longer and more in depth the you know level of punishment that Keanu Reeves goes through is more intense, right? Yeah, and and then John Wick three comes along and they just triple down on it. It's even more extreme, even more crazy. There's wilder fight scenes and deaths and all that, right? Uh, super long one take shots, uh, fights, fight scenes. Uh, you know, and that's a franchise where it's working. Yeah, and then there are franchises where that style, you know, like Lord of the Rings, it works. <laughs> but there are sometimes it's like. Sometimes doubling down on a style just makes it feel repetitive and uninteresting. I don't know what sometimes, and I don't know why it works why, versus sometimes when it doesn't work. Um, you know, I uh, I think that for whatever reason, the Matrix didn't work in in that way. Now in that case, like it just felt like the sequels in a lot of ways didn't do anything new while doing too much, like all at once. I don't know. I, maybe that's a bad comparison. But no, 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 no. I think. I think I I, th I, I yeah. agree with you because like that's a good that's a good point. Thor Rag like see Thor Ragnarok was like a different turn for Thor because right and now like we have Thor Love and Thunder while still a very entertaining movie it just it really doesn't do anything it doesn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't it like, doesn't it's, it's just like what you said just a second ago about the Matrix. Uh, uh, the Matrix, like the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions, do nothing. There's no reason to them. And it doesn't I think, feel like there is anyway. Yeah, I mean, like Love and they Thunder. Double. The only thing really yeah. Love and Thunder. Sorry, sorry, David. Uh, 
the only thing that 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 love and thunder really do is that it just it wraps up some of the some of the other arcs while creating a couple of new ones a couple of new ones i thought the i I thought the scene were all were like zeus and like all the other gods were there i thought that was cool i'm glad they i'm glad they touched base on that Um, yeah but yeah um i thought there could have been a little more involvement but but it's one of those it's this complicated thing which uh andrew i don't know how much time we have left but um i think we're getting towards like okay well i'll get into i'll get into box office here i will uh my last thought on it is it's very hard because we get into our ratings and stuff too it's very hard uh to sort of like come to terms with these uh these things because it's like you want to break it down on like a very like intense level and how it all connects to previous films and how it compares to this film and that film and things like that but at the same time you're also just like, you know, but I had fun. Like, if this wasn't a movie, uh, if if this wasn't connected to anything, I would have just said, wow, that was kind of a blast and fun. It was a little weird, yeah. not, you know, maybe not a perfect movie, but I had fun. Yeah. Um, so, box office stats, I'm going to keep it brief. We'll get into that real quick. Um, so, uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder opens the weekend of July uh, 7th. And uh, on opening day, the number that um, I'm seeing cited here is $69 million opening day, which is uh, very good um, in comparison to other recent films. Um, the Batman did about fifty-six million. Uh, I think Top Gun Maverick did to be three million. Uh, the most recent MCU movie, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, that did ninety million on its first day. So not quite as big as that, but still obviously in the top five of the year uh, for opening day. And then opening weekend, these numbers are still estimates, but it's looking at about one hundred and forty-three million opening weekend. Um, which uh, is, again, not as good as Doctor Strange for your opening weekend and most likely won't have the legs of a Top Gun Maverick, which is just killing it at the box office. But it is very fun because when you look at Thor as a franchise, it's one of the few times... I should do like a, I should do like a video, a special video about this, but Thor, Love and Thunder, and the Thor franchise is one of the few examples of a, of a franchise where the box office draw gets better with each movie. So Thor, the very first Thor, opened to $65 million opening weekend. Thor the Dark World, $85 million. And then Thor uh, Ragnarok opened to $120. And this opens to uh, estimates, say, $142. So each movie better than the last in terms of its draw, in terms of its interest. They have taken Thor for being a character nobody thought would be interesting or, or worth seeing. And they have built him into a legitimate movie star or like a character movie movie character um which i think is fascinating it's really cool i i it, i i don't know when we're gonna see chris hemsworth depart from this mega franchise the way chris evans has and robert downey jr has but um as sort of the third guy in that trinity if you will um i really hope chris hemsworth continues to be a big star after this is over uh what do you guys think about that mm. I don't know. Like, I think, I really do think that maybe they, they need to, they need to beef it up for the next one. Like, like mm-hmm. and I hate to say that because like, I don't know where they could go with it, but like, yeah, I, mm, I hope they rethink it for a couple of years. Uh, me too. Um, 
So, uh, Andrew, would you do me a favor? Can you pull up the letterbox score? I, I think we'll forego the game this week, but I am interested interested to see uh, early on where it's kind of falling. Okay. Uh, I can't I can't pull it up right here. My computer's <laughs> down. I got you. Um... I'm concerned as far as where things go for the future. I'm concerned that they have written themselves into a corner. Especially with this, the way that the ending happened with giving Thor Gore's daughter. I don't, which again is a very unearned moment for me that I, I still just, I, I really, I grapple. I, I have, I have issues with the ending. The, the ending doesn't work for me. And I'm worried that as far as where do we see Thor go from here? I really, I feel like. Well, I don't think they've written themselves into a corner. I think it's like they have so many options. They have a lot of ways they can go with it. I don't know what they'll go with. I don't know what they'll pick. Like the thing is, I don't have the mindset. They, I don't, I don't know where their plans are. Obviously, based on the post credit scenes, um, we have an adversary for the war on the horizon, which we've already talked about some spoilers, but we'll talk about, I'll put up one more spoiler warning here. Uh, Ted Lasso is Brett Goldstein, AKA Roy Kent. Uh, debuts at the end of this movie as Hercules. So there's an avenue where you might have those two meeting up in the future. Um, we also see Jane Foster enter uh, Valhalla. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they want to use that, if that's just a throwaway or if they're going to do something with that. Uh, Andrew, do you have a letterbox score? I do have a letterbox score. Uh, what? Uh, where is Thor Love and Thunder right now? Okay, so Thor Love and Thunder, based on 221 ratings, uh, sit, currently sits at 3.3. Okay, is, that's lower 3. than 3. I was Okay, so. yeah, that, that was lower than I thought. Um, My guess was 3.8. Personally, so. I'm, per, personally, I'm going to give it four stars because I did wildly enjoy myself. Uh, it's not a perfect movie, but I did. I, I, would, I honestly feel like it's going to be very rewatchable just because of how fun it is. Yeah. Okay. So this is that thing I'm talking about. He gave it four and a half last night. Well, I've dropped it down. Okay. I would give okay. this a solid three. I I was pretty set on it being a three and a half for at least half the movie. I was like, this is a three and a half. This is a three and a half. Yeah. But when when they really let Gore just let loose and unleash um specifically the call the axe moment yeah when he's got them trapped in and he's and he's trying to get thor to call the axe that made it a four-star moment for me um i ha i clearly have a lot of criticisms with the movie it's you know it's not perfect but the moments that work work too well for me to give it any lower than a four okay all right well uh, that is um that is oh sorry andrew go ahead I just want to point one thing out. Uh, Go ahead. The Guardians of the Galaxy. No, nope. I was about to say we didn't mention them. Yeah. Well, I told Guardians of the Galaxy. They were I just told there, and then they were gone. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, they they were. A, they, it was a fun. It was a fun inclusion at the beginning, and I kind of that's kind of what I anticipated was they were just going to be a short cameo in the beginning, and then they were going to jet off. Um, that's kind of how I pictured it for a long time. Interestingly, though, I think I told Nikki this last night. I always thought that it would be Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with a brief cameo from Thor based off at, you know, like the ending of Endgame, they go off together. I always thought it was going to be Guardians 3 with Thor 
but then it became Thor four with the Guardians. So um, yeah, I, that's how I always envisioned it was they were going to be there for a while, and then they were going to they were going to you know hit the road. But he should have called them back, right? He should have like said, "Hey, I need help." Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't what it wasn't what I was hoping it would be. You know, we've had three years of sitting on. Oh man, Thor and the Guardians, that's going to be so cool. And I talked about this last night with David, like, I kind of think that's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like suffered from letting it build up in my head and thinking it was going to be something really cool, especially when we have, you know, all these MCU movies that have all these crossovers in them, um, which I like, I've, I very adamantly have told David, I think from here on out, every MCU movie should have at least some level of, of crossover like that. I, the, I don't think there's reason not to, I think it keeps that connection going of the, this, especially while we, where, why, while we don't know where the, you know, the MCU is going, I'm sorry. Um, especially while we, especially while we don't know where the MCU is going, I think these crossovers are a great way to keep the universe connected. Um, the Guardians didn't do what I was hoping they would do. It didn't work the way that I was hoping it would work. I don't know how to fix it. We don't have time to talk about how to fix it. Um, but I, I will say that that was kind of a, a letdown for me. Was getting to see yep. the Guardians. Yep, not for me. It was uh, any. It, this has been our review of Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, hopefully, we can get Josh and Garrett back on. They can give their their thoughts at some point, uh, maybe down the line, maybe during our mid year review at some point. But uh, like, subscribe, follow. So many sequels. We're on Apple, Spotify, all those different places. We will see you next time. Not really sure what our next movie is going to be, but stick around. And uh, Andrew, hope to have you back soon.